welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got an exciting guest. Her name is Norma B. She is a trauma and relationship coach. And today we're going to be talking about how childhood how childhood trauma, get my teeth back in, uh, impacts adult relationships. So that ended up being a bit of a mouthful for me. But uh, anyway, regardless of that, Norma, very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Lynn, for having me. I'm so happy to be here today. Exciting for me too. And um, I can very much relate to this. So um, for the benefit of the audience, you know, we're, we're going to be digging deep into childhood trauma and how that impacts our adult relationships. And I know this had a, a definite impact on my future relationships. So uh, for the benefit of the audience, let's talk about what would be your definition of what actually trauma actually is. Yeah, so in theory, we have big T traumas and small T traumas. Big T traumas being things like um, a rape or a physical beating or um, parents dying and you're an orphan or um, having to leave your your home country and unstable like outside relation uh, um, and circumstances and relationships, but then there's a ton more small t traumas, which are um, father never spending time with children or um, parents being too busy with their own lives and they are not emotionally available for their children or women, for, for girls, they are not affirmed, they are beautiful, they are capable, they are worthy, they are enough. Um, all these, um, the mainly what I'm seeing when I'm working with my clients is trauma is what parents didn't do, but they should have. Absolutely. And, and it's not to point the finger of blame, because I think any parent is doing the best they can with the knowledge and resources that they have at any one time. And that's just a product of what their parenting examples yeah. are like. Yeah, um, that's not meant to blame. I'm just like trying to um, paint a picture of the like the why things happen. And not not uh, in order for anyone to feel blamed or even if um, people have children and they may find themselves uh, doing this kind of stuff. It's it just like bringing awareness of what children really need in order to thrive and develop positive um, self-image and self-esteem. And children need a lot of attention and loving presence. And even mo more important, they need to learn how to process emotions. Um, my definition of trauma, personally, is anything that emotionally activated you be, um, beyond your abilities to process is trauma. Because, like, it can be feeling alone, abandoned, um, like, it, it can start very early. Um, I know in hospitals, some hospitals offer the first night of baby after he is born, to be separated from his mother 
And that can be the trauma itself, being separated from the only person you've known for nine months and then not hearing her, not smelling her, not being near her. Um, it, it can feel very isolating and you may feel abandoned. And no one, no one is with these babies and they don't know how to process the abandonment. They just feel terrible. And even after they are able to talk and walk and they develop, they still need a lot, a lot of safe space where they can process their anger, their disappointment, their frustration uh, without us judging them for being angry. What mm -hmm. I often see is parents um, see their child having a tantrum. They're like, stop, that this is nothing to be angry about. Um, stop making such drama. It's not a big deal. But it's like that's gaslighting, basically. If a child feels something is a big deal and you tell them it's not a big deal, like then they they learn to suppress what they feel and they, especially women, they just go and, in, and find ways to make others feel um, pleased. And then we get a lot of people pleasers and these children what, what they just what the only thing they need is just you being able to handle their anger that's like if i had one tip for parents just learn how to handle your child's anger without blaming humiliating um like isolating child when he's angry just accept the anger he's experiencing anger um because what happens when all of these unprocessed emotions the children just have to kind of suck it up and just move on is it for like it stays in the body and it creates negative beliefs about themselves i'm not worthy when i'm angry i don't deserve love um i my emotions are bad um i'm never enough and then we get adults who believe all these things and the root of these beliefs are unprocessed childhood emotions. So um, that, that's how, and then we, we carry these emotions and the emotions that are stuck in our bodies also form our thought processes and our patterns because we, um, we attract patterns that are familiar to us, meaning, if a woman, when she was a daughter, she was a child, was constantly criticized and her parents were never happy with her, she will very likely find men who will constantly criticize her and will never be happy with anything she does. And she will be so frustrated and she will have no idea why that's happening. And the solution for her is to feel that, feel the critic, feel the criticism allow herself to to feel all the humiliation and the disappointment and just pro just allow herself to feel that to just okay i disappointed someone okay how how do how do i feel about this now how does that feel in my body and um for a lot of people they can do it by themselves um, they just have to create a sense of safety in order to um, allow themselves to experience the emotions. But when there were um, bigger, um, like when there was a lot of trauma, you can't do it. 
because your um, subconscious won't allow you to experience emotions because that will just trigger too many defense mechanisms. Mm. Um, defense mechanisms are like um, patterns that helped us survive. So if you were constantly criticized, you may just learn to stop hearing people when they say negative things. You just don't hear it because that's how your body protected itself from hearing negative stuff, right? Um, and uh, in that case, I always suggest um, finding someone who is trained in somatic approaches um, to really allow the body to tell what's happening and what was happening. Um, because the way people usually approach trauma is they go to a therapist and they just for years talk about their life and their family and how they felt, but they just, um, it doesn't go beyond the conscious level. It doesn't go into emotions. It doesn't go in the body. It doesn't get to the root of the problems. That's why people sometimes heal, like they, they go to therapists for decades. And they still yeah. suffer so many, they still have so many issues. Because that's like you, and I just, um, I just uh, watched a video recently about how heart has its own cells that carry memory from trauma. And just by talking about it with your mind and your conscious part of, of your brain, you cannot possibly address the, the heart cells and process the trauma in the heart. Um, and that's that's why I, why I'm so passionate about when people try to fix their relationships or they try to finally uh, break the pattern of attracting of attracting emotionally unavailable men or they are um, constantly stuck in the I don't know whatever cycle that doesn't benefit them really. Um, I always say just go back and look at the the problems but not in a way of like oh let's go and dig up all the shit <laughs> that happened in the last third three or four or five decades how how however long have you been here but just look at the the pattern why i'm always attracting emotionally unavailable men how how is that helping me how is this allowing me to mm, not step in the full reality of responsibility for my own life because let me explain if you have a cycle of attracting emotionally unavailable man um then you will find i don't know a bully or someone who never has time for you and the relationship won't provide the safety necessary for you to overcome the hurdles and the trauma you've experienced in the past Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can relate because I, I personally have been through sex, serious sexual assaults and that did impact my future relationships to the point where I hadn't realised actually until I obviously did some personal development work on myself that um, I was living on high alert all the time. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think there's quite a lot of women probably out in the world that are probably living in that same state and not even aware that they're living yeah. in that state and that, that to a degree closes your heart off and that did for me in my 
relationship with my ex-husband you know we had a good happy-ish relationship um mm -hmm. he was a good man good husband good good father to the, our daughters but you know my heart wasn't open in that relationship and I wondered why mm. I wasn't feeling as fulfilled as what I could have done um you know and and I suppose it was a case of you don't know what you don't know until you do <laughs> yeah yeah that yeah that's so true you don't know and um also one thing I noticed is um what, what I love about somatic processing of pattern you don't have to think you just have to allow yourself to feel um because whenever I go into the method let's say um, we pick a problem we want to work on. I constantly attract emotionally unavailable men. Um, and then I ask, like, how, how does that feel in your body? What's coming up? And then always something else comes up. I was always criticizing my family. Um, and then we go and, and take a look at this. Okay, how does how does it feel to be criticized all the time? And then I felt like I'm never good enough. Okay. And then like it just um uncover the we, we get we go deeper and deeper. And without like so, sometimes I feel like therapists try to do the same thing, but just with the conscious mind. But really, um our our body knows, like it always gets you to the source of the issue. Um, it's like it's in the end we almost always come to um, I, I'm afraid I wasn't lovable or I was afraid I'll be abandoned or no one will take care of me and some really primal fears um, and once we once we process this fear which is again just a sensation that's like just an emotion stuck in your body then all the patterns and all the beliefs are gone because that's like i i didn't like i i don't i don't want to honestly i don't although i there is a scientist in me who's interested in this kind of stuff especially when i'm having conversations like this but i'm like oh so why does this connect to that and yada yada and try to make this whole thing make sense but actually what i'm more interested in is just trusting people that they have their their answers and that my job there is just to create a safe space for them when they can allow themselves to feel all the things they were not allowing themselves to feel beforehand and i i just came up with the best um kind of um, explanation how healing journey works and what trauma does um, recently it happened on one of my sessions uh, a client says why why were we able to deal with this problem so quickly I thought it was going to take so long and that was our I don't know 10th session or something and I was like just imagine when we started in your brain in the uh, safety department there were like 50 men um, very serious and very like kind of a little angry maybe that uh, each represents one defense mechanism and so the first problem we worked on you had to convince all those 50 men 
to allow you to um, experience what you wanted, to get after, to go after what you want. And then eventually they realized, okay, so I guess I'm not necessary here anymore. She can clearly handle the thing I was like helping her protect from. And so they leave. And every time we do the, do the, the mind shifting, um, which is a set of methods that I use um, when I'm somatic, uh, when I'm doing somatic work, every time they, a couple of them leave. And so in the end, or let's say the, the session that we were having, there were just three more people. And it's so much more quickly to um, kind of convince them, let's say, oh, it's okay, I can handle that. You don't have to protect me from feeling these uncomfortable feelings because I can I can handle that now. And um, that that's how that's what healing journey for me is to really um, things get better and better every time. Yeah, I, I totally totally support what you're doing and and uh, the way you're doing it as well because I don't think we're educated as humans to really understand our feelings and how important it is to acknowledge them and that our negative feelings can in fact and in fact are a sign that something needs to be healed yeah that, that is our sign and signal isn't it that something needs to be healed within so if we're walking around in our relationships feeling um resentful or angry or yeah jealous or whatever it is that is your body signaling to you that something needs to be healed here. Yeah, yeah, so true. Um, yeah, and also I see, like, I also sometimes um, work with wives, and they say my husband is this, all the, the list of the bad things he does and how he is. And then I'm like, you know, relationship is a dynamic. They're like, it takes two to tango. Um, and then she'll say, yeah, but like he, like he's at work constantly and he doesn't kiss me when he comes home and he doesn't play with the kids and like everything's on him. And then what we do is we, we embody the new identities that are supporting of her being a loving and supporting wife. And then just by her changing her internal attitude about her marriage and about her husband, it allows the husband to grow and change and improve and become more loving and attentive, um, even if he's not in this whole personal development thing. And I love it so much when they say, he will never go to therapy with me. And I say, he doesn't have to. And she's like, what? How are you going to change him if he doesn't do anything? And I say, you have very, um, you, you have power in your relationship. You, you can impact, you what you do on yourself also has impact on him. Um, it impacts the dynamic you have, and then it also affects how he behaves. Absolutely. And if, he feels, if he feels that you're constantly on edge and you're angry at him because he's not home early enough and he's not spending enough time with the kids and he's not bringing home enough flour and inviting her on enough dinners, he's not going to be really excited to change that because he just feels all the anger and how he disappoints you all the time. And 
But if he feels like my wife is inviting and she is happy and she is so um, charming again, then he um, he might be more um, inclined to do something about it, to like play the game, just come along for the ride, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, this is exactly what I teach as well, that women have so much power in their relationships and they don't need to rely on the husband coming, you know, to any sessions or being a part of any sessions, because just by helping women know their own power and changing their energy and their thoughts, that in itself has a huge impact on their partner, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, although I'm not personally a big fan of affirmations, which sometimes get conf confused with like this, just think this thought and like everything's going to be okay and like thought creates our reality. I mean, it it is true to some degree, but also, like I said, the thoughts are coming from our beliefs and beliefs are coming from our our past. Um, and so if... I mean, if you're able to manipulate the thoughts without going deep in the bodywork, kudos to you. I don't know many people who are capable of that. Um, but sometimes, like it's um, it's too hard to just try to like enforce new thoughts on your mind. It just doesn't like you know. If you feel like crap and you try to convince yourself that you're a beautiful princess. But I, I can't see how that would work out well. No, I think there's too much of a leap there, but there are sort of significant stages. So if you're in a sort of state of frustration and you have a belief that is supporting something that's making you feel frustrated, you can actually get to a point where you could probably move a stage more forward, not, not perhaps where you're joyous and abundant and living with uh, absolute a full heart, but you know, you can move it from probably frustration to contentment or hopefulness. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's like stacking yes. and just doing the small steps. Yeah, that's some, I, I can see how that would work. But again, if there's not too much of a negative fuel that fuels the, the negative thing. Yeah, absolutely. Better. It's literally, you know, being aware that you're in that negative state, understanding what what belief might be supporting that and not necessarily trying to take a huge leap to change that negative state uh, to the opposite extreme because that's that, that's unrealistic but you can take a little step forward you know towards feeling a bit better yeah 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 i yeah i see i agree that's that's definitely helpful and sometimes if that's too hard i would just say just just try to feel the things that you feel like you can't change. Like if you're very frustrated, just allow yourself for a, for a minute. It doesn't have to be an hour or an evening. Just for a minute, just close your eyes and just feel the frustration. Just allow it. Stop resisting it. Because the emotions are get stuck because we resist um, feeling them and experiencing them with our bodies. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a tip I always give if someone is stuck in one a model um, and wants to switch but can't. And it's okay to cry. You know, I've said this on previous episodes, you know, crying can be healing tears and it's a form of release, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, crying. I always, of course, crying. Oh, my gosh. Some, some 
I don't know why we still have so much shame about crying. I like, usually, I think most of my clients cry at one point um, because there's just a lot of sadness and we have many reasons to be sad about. Our life didn't go as planned. Our childhood wasn't as planned. Our parents weren't what we wanted them to be and needed them to be. And it's just like so sad once you realize that. And they didn't equip you well for the world. And they didn't give you all the knowledge and the examples of how to thrive in the relationships that we all know gives the most meaning in our lives. Loving relationships, feeling loved and supported and having fun with people you have around yourself. And that can be a huge source of, of sadness, yeah. Definitely. So, um, Norma, I think you've really, really got a very good understanding of how childhood trauma impacts adult relationships. And if there's anybody listening that's been through some childhood trauma or even some, you know, teenage trauma or adult trauma, <laughs> Um, if they want to be in a position where they can reach out to you, what would be your best contact information? Um, you can find me on um, a Facebook. Um, I suggest we um, we share the link in the notes because my surname is something most of the world probably have no idea how to pronounce or how to write down <laughs> um, because my, my surname is Burstic. Um, but also um, another place where we can meet is also my Facebook group called Childhood Trauma, Toxic Stress, PTSD, Recovery, Healing and Freedom. Uh, that's uh, the name of my Facebook group. And we can also share the link to that in the notes. Excellent. Thank you so much. So final words then around, you know, um, if somebody's listening and they can really relate to and have, having been through childhood trauma, and it's definitely impacted their future relationships and probably their current relationships, your final words about, you know, something that could help them on the back of listening to this particular episode? Um, everything, every trauma can be healed. Um, take responsibility for your life. Um, take charge of your own life. Stop living as um, as you are um, a victim of what happened to you. Because if you are 25 years or, or older, you are very much capable of taking care of yourself. Um, you can do this with, like, there's plethora of, of ways how to go about it. Um my favorite, like I said, is somatic processing. Um, reach out. Um, it, it doesn't have to be very expensive if you if the money is the, the issue or you feel like I don't have the money to afford services like this now because there are many, many ways you can go and learn how to process stuff even for... Uh, if, if even if you don't have a lot of money to spend on right now, because I know a lot of people with trauma have severe chronic pain or fibromyalgia or are on disability and they don't have a lot of money. Um, and that's not the reason why you should not go for it. You can heal, 
you can heal all chronic conditions, you can heal all trauma, you can improve your relationships, you can attract the most loving uh, partner in your life. Everything's possible. It just takes you to keep moving forward. I think quite often, you know, the physical symptoms, the dis-ease that we actually, you know, embody after trauma is usually because we've suppressed that trauma, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it definitely makes more, uh, the more we, uh, the more stuck, with the more stuck emotions we have in our bodies, the more likely it is it's going to show somehow, show uh, as a symptom, as a, even physical symptoms. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You talked about the somatic process. Um, just give the listeners a definition of what that somatic means briefly. Yes. Yeah, soma is a Greek word for body. So somatic is really anything that has to do with body. I, I sometimes say somatic processes or somatic approaches or body-oriented approaches. Um, that's just the, the same thing. And it has to, like, there is also a plethora of um, somatic approaches these days and nervous system calming down and mitigation, um, which is essential. I mean, if you don't feel safe, nothing's going to happen. Like, you will just get stuck in fight or flight like you've been for the for so long. Um, what, what I, what is the, even my favorite, let's say, my favorite way of somatics are mind-shifting methods. Because they allow you, um, if you work with a coach who is um, certified in, in mind-shifting, um, he or she will create the safety for you and then with the right questions um he or she will invite your body and your subconscious to release and and really show where things are coming from and what's the source what's the root cause of the issues you're trying to fix and um because usually somatics is just like Oh, when you're angry, just breathe and find safety. And mind shifting is more like, um, okay, when you're angry, just, okay, survive the anger. But then if you want to stop getting triggered and being angry all the time, get to the root of the trigger. And that's also uh, what, what mind shifting allows. And that was, honestly, that was something I used on myself the most, just clearing the triggers because trigger is always a suppressed emotions and there's this button and someone pushes it and then you just go mm. and explode and when you address like what's the what's this anger what's behind the anger you have you have to be calm you you cannot be triggered and doing this you have to be calm and then just uh, allow yourself to explore what what's uh, what's behind the trigger um and then you when you reach the point of like figuring out, oh, that's the that's the original issue, okay, and then like I don't know that that can be something like I'm I was never listened to. Um, it's all often the triggers, especially for parents. Um, and then okay, just just feel yourself comfortable while allowing yourself to feel that you're not being listened to. And then once you're comfortable with that, it won't trigger you anymore absolutely and it does work 100 percent. it does work so um 
just know that if you're listening to this and can relate to anything we've discussed today, then you know these these actual tips and uh, processes do work, and you can get to a stage where you you can actually manage your emotions really effectively and really positively going forward. Yeah, um, that's like for me. I've never when I went to therapy, um, it was always like. Um, how did you feel when this and this happened and you would feel like the the shame or the fear or abandonment or disgust or whatever it was but they never i don't know they they never allowed us or they didn't know how to um guide us into really processing that because i remember i was attending group therapy for a year and after each session i was completely dysregulated and i needed a couple of days to kind of put myself back together because I, I was just like so many things were going on and I wasn't able to handle and and really come to a place where I'd be okay with myself and the emotions. And um, that's why when I'm working with clients, I always just pick a small problem. I mean, just one problem, let's say it's, it doesn't have to be small. There are some of them are pretty big. Um, just one problem and then just work on it as long as it doesn't feel like a problem anymore. Excellent. I love that. Oh, we're coming up to the end of time, so we're going to have to leave it there, Norma. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and your wisdom. It's been a pleasure. You're so welcome. So it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.